1: They're also responsible for protecting you. They protect the people of this church by refuting error and by dealing with the threat of false teachers. And today, it's even more of an enormous task than in the early church. Why? Because today, elders have to protect their people from all kinds of books and materials out there. Popular books that are horrible. Popular books in the name of biblical truth that are horrible, self-centered books that in some cases are absolutely heretical but become bestsellers.
0: Sometimes we wonder who is listening to these broadcasts when we are sitting on our side of the radio. You might be a member of a good church with great leaders in sound Bible teaching. On the other hand, you might not know anything about Christianity and just tuned in sort of by accident and you are wondering what you are listening to. You might be somewhere in between. Many people, regardless of their background or current situation, haven't really considered the importance of their church leaders. In some churches, they come and go and don't have a lasting impact. There is a strong warning that is given to elders in the book of Acts, chapter 20. They are supposed to watch out for the sheep because there are many dangers around. It's interesting that the Apostle Paul warns them that there is danger within the church. He calls them wolves among the sheep. The image is pretty graphic if you stop and think about it. It's bad enough to realize there are wolves out there whose goal is to destroy the Christians and ruin their testimonies. But wolves within the church? That's a whole other story. The church leader has an awesome responsibility to oversee the flock, warn about the dangers coming from the outside, but also being very cautious about the danger lurking much closer to home even within the church. You are listening to Verse by Verse, a radio ministry of Lakeside Community Chapel of Clearwater, Florida. We would love to have you come visit us for a service sometime. We are located at 1893 Sunset Point Road, Clearwater, halfway between US-19 and the beaches. That's 1893 Sunset Point Road. You can get directions and service times at our church website, lakesidechapel.com. Or call us at 727-441-1714. That's 727-441-1714. We would really love to help you grow in your relationship to Jesus Christ. Our Bible teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff. Let's listen together to today's important message taken straight from God's Word. The message is called, What Elders Do in the Church. Now here's Pastor Steve.
1: And so it seemed like every time I tried to find a place of leadership at Bible college, it didn't materialize. So I finally decided to do something about this. I made an appointment with the president of Moody Bible Institute. At that time, it was Dr. George Sweeting. I wanted to talk this over with him. So looking to him for encouragement, I asked this question. Now, before I tell you the question, you should know I did not tell him my situation. I didn't tell him about all my discouragement in trying to be a leader at Moody. I just wanted to hear what he had to say. So I said, Dr. Sweeting, do you find that the students who are leaders at Moody always become leaders after Moody, or are some students just late in developing at leaders? Now, understand this. Dr. Sweeting, Moody's had only a few presidents, but Dr. Sweeting was unique. He is, to my knowledge, the only president to have served at Moody who was a student there. So he certainly had a perspective as president. He had been on the board. He had been pastor of Moody Church. He had been a student there. So I asked him, do the students at Moody who are leaders there always become leaders, or are there just some who are just late bloomers develop later? Now, as you can imagine, I asked this question hoping that he would say, oh, uh, there are many students who are late bloomers at Moody. And we see this that they develop later. And you know where I'm going. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. Instead, he told me that his observation, as I said, he served. He was a student there. He was a student leader there. And he was now president. So he told me that his observation was that those who were not leaders while they were students at Moody were never going to be leaders after they graduated from the school. That really wasn't what I wanted to hear. And frankly, I left his office quite discouraged. Well, I want to tell you that after three decades of being a pastor and a Christian leader, I can assure you that there are late bloomers in the area of spiritual leadership and that it does take time for some of us to develop and mature. You see, there is no instant leadership when it comes to ministering in the church. The Lord develops a man at his own sovereign pace and according to his time schedule. So if you desire to be a leader in the church, then take courage. Take courage and keep pressing on to Christ-like maturity. Be faithful in the little things that the Lord gives you, and he will expand your ministry. The right time when God deems that you are ready, he will place you in a position of leadership. Now, as we continue our series on the church according to the New Testament, I want us to deal with two other questions. I want to ask two more questions related to the issue of leadership in the church. In light of the fact that we know that Christ rules his church through a plurality of men who must be spiritually qualified to serve. Here's another important question for us to consider. How do elders function in the church. In other words, what kind of work do they do? What what in the world do they do, or I should say, what in the church do they do? Now, as we've already noted, Paul told Timothy that if any man aspires to the office of an overseer, it's a fine work that he desires to do. But what exactly is involved in this fine work of being an elder? Well, there are actually several roles of an elder that the Bible speaks of. As they serve the church. And you know what? You should know who they, they are. You should know what they are. Because, and I say that because I can imagine that some of you are thinking, why do I have to listen to this? I'm never going to be an elder in the church. I'm not even a a man. Why am I, why am I even here listening to this? Well, apparently that's exactly what you are thinking. Otherwise you wouldn't have responded that way. There is an important reason why all of us should understand the work that elders do and i'm going to point you and to a scripture that addresses this i want you to turn your bibles to first thessalonians chapter five. First thessalonians chapter five at verses 12 and 13 paul directly addresses this question of why should you in the church know who the elders are and what they do here's the answer paul said but we request of you brethren." that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Now, in these two verses, Paul exhorts the Thessalonians to appreciate their church leaders and to esteem them very highly in love Because of the work that they do. In other words, Paul is telling the people of this church that they should know and appreciate all of their leaders and not simply those with high profile ministries. And that they should esteem all of their leaders and express love towards all of their leaders for the work that they all do in serving and caring for them. See, the reason that each of us should know Who the elders of Lakeside are. And by the way, that's one reason why every few months we have a a Q&A time on Sunday night with different elders. So you get to know them and be exposed to them and hear them. But the reason why you should know them and the kind of work that they do in serving you is because without this knowledge, you won't treat them with the kind of respect, love and cooperation that God actually commands of you. So what do elders do to serve the church? What kind of work is involved in being an elder that God says they should be appreciated and treated with esteem and love? Well, first of all, before stating the kind of work that elders do, Paul reveals that these men work very hard at what they do. Notice that he states in verse 12 that you should appreciate those who Diligently labor among you. See, the thought behind this word that's translated labor is not just work. It's strenuous work. It's wearisome toil. It's fatigue. All elders work like this, but not for themselves, but for the church's welfare. You see, elders don't just work on Sundays. They're on call 24-7. I remember years ago, a neighbor of mine being very surprised when he found out how many hours I worked during the week. And he said, I thought you guys just worked on Sundays. And the rest of the week, he said, you you play golf, which I proceeded to say, I don't play golf and uh, I don't just work on Sundays. And none of our other elders do as well, though. Now, they may play golf. I shouldn't say that. But those elders who are on Lakeside's staff work very hard. And not just on Sundays, but on all the other days of the week and many evenings as well. And sometimes even on their day off, they have church related work and ministry that they have to do. And many of our elders hold other jobs, employment outside of the church to financially support themselves and their families. And it's at the close of the day when they are already tired from putting in all the hours in their secular employment, that they have to give their attention to church ministry. So what do they do that is so exhausting? Well, Paul told the Thessalonians that they have charge over you, he said, charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction." According to the apostle, the primary thing, they're not the only thing, but the primary thing that elders do in leading the church is that they give biblical instruction to those who are in the church. Now, that means. If they're going to do it right, then they have to spend time preparing Bible studies and Sunday school messages, and that is time consuming to make sure you are accurate in your interpretation and that you explain things with clarity and and practical application, that takes time. Then they counsel troubled believers on the phone and oftentimes in person. They address and confront those in the church who are in sin. They encourage church members who are struggling with all kinds of issues by giving them biblical truth to direct their thinking. And folks, all of this is just time-consuming, it's a laborious task, But they do it and they work hard at doing it. And for this, Paul said, they ought to be appreciated and highly esteemed and loved. But in addition to the task of teaching others, the New Testament also says that elders do the following. For one thing, they are responsible for overseeing all of the ministries of the church, and that includes church finances. They're to make sure that things get done properly. This is implied in the title overseer. They oversee it all. Secondly, they determine church policies and doctrinal issues. When the church at Jerusalem was faced with the question of what to do with all the Gentiles who were becoming Christians and not practicing traditional Jewish observances in Acts chapter. 15, we read that it was the apostles as well as the elders of the church. So eventually they had elders in that church who served along with the apostles. And these were the men who decided how to handle this matter. You see, elders today are also active in making decisions and policies concerning all kinds of issues and matters that come to their attention that affect the church. Elders also... Minister to the sick, phone calls, hospital visits, and when requested, they do exactly what James chapter 5 verse 14 tells us to do, tells us to lay hands on the sick and to pray for them. They are also responsible for appointing other elders, which can be very time-consuming, but a critical task as they observe this man's life and question him. It affects the present health of the church and the future. Of the church and no one is quick to lay hands on any man. They're also responsible for protecting you. They protect the people of this church by refuting error and by dealing with the threat of false teachers. And today it's even more of an enormous task than in the early church. Why? Because today elders have to protect their people from all kinds of books and materials out there. Popular books that are horrible. Popular books in the name of biblical truth that are horrible, self-centered books that in some cases are absolutely heretical, but become bestsellers. Let me show you what Paul wrote Titus. Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1. In the context here of speaking about qualifications for elders, Paul said in verse 9 of chapter 1 that elders are to be those who hold fast the faithful word meaning the word of God, they cling to it, which is in accordance with the teaching so that he will be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. That is to say that elders teach sound doctrine, but they refute false teachers. They protect the flock from wolves who would come in and try to lure people away into error. And Paul goes on to explain, for there are many rebellious men, empty Talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, who must be silenced because they are upsetting whole families, teaching things they should not teach for the sake of sordid gain. You had men, false teachers, who had come into the churches on the island of Crete, where Titus was, and they were teaching the believers false doctrine and they were doing it for money. They're just doing it to make money. And Paul said elders have to be men of the word to stand up and teach sound doctrine and refute error. That's what elders do. And because all of these responsibilities, they have all these responsibilities in the church, elders must make sure that they don't get bogged down in all kinds of church-related administrative minutiae that can rob them of the time that they need to spend in the Word and in prayer. You see, when the apostles in the early days of the church in Jerusalem, faced the question of who was going to take care of feeding the widows of that church. They delegated this work to others. We read in Acts chapter 6, verses 2 and 4, we read this. Here's what the apostles said to the entire congregation. They said, it's not desirable for us, meaning we apostles, to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables, meaning in order to take care of all the widows in our, in our church who we have to distribute food to. Remember, they didn't, have, they didn't have government help in those days at all. So they said it's not desirable for us to neglect the word of God to do that. Now, it's a wonderful thing to wait on tables and serve widows, but not for the apostles, not to neglect the word of God. That wasn't their calling. They had to spend time in the word. And that's why they said in verse four, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of, of the word. So they said, find some men that we can delegate this task to. So how do elders avoid getting caught up in the day to day operation of the church and all the endless amount of administrative details that threaten to keep them from the time they need to study and to pray for the needs of the people of the church? Like the apostles, they have to select and appoint others in the church who they can delegate certain responsibilities to. And the Bible addresses this aspect of church leadership, this need in the church for others to come alongside of elders and help them. It is referred to in Scripture by the words deacons and deaconesses. You see, in the church at Jerusalem, seven godly men were chosen to oversee the task of the food distribution to the, the widows on a daily basis. Now, although these men are not specifically, in Acts 6, called deacons in essence, they they were the first deacons, and this is apparently where the office of a deacon originated. I want you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3, because Paul addresses deacons, and you can't do a study on leadership in the church and not address the issue of deacons. In 1 Timothy 3, Paul directly speaks about the office of a deacon, and I will add to that, females who are deacons, called deaconesses. I'll explain that in a moment. After spending the first seven verses of this chapter discussing elders and their qualifications, Paul then proceeds to discuss the deacons, the deaconesses, and their qualifications. Notice... What he says, starting at verse eight, deacons, likewise, the likewise is there because he's just spoken about elders. Deacons likewise must be men of dignity, not double tongued or addicted to much wine or fond of sordid gain. But holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, these men must also be tested. Then let them serve as deacons if they are beyond reproach women must likewise, and I take it he means, the women who serve as deaconesses. In some of your Bibles it's translated, by the way, wives. Um, That's not the exact word here. The, The word is women. It could be translated wives, but it makes no sense that he'd be talking about the wives of deacons since he didn't mention the wives of elders. So it is better, in my view, to see this as Paul saying women who serve, As deaconesses, those would be women who serve other women in the church in an official capacity. Women must likewise be dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. Deacons, now he returns to the men, deacons must be husbands of only one wife and good managers of their children and their own households. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a high standing and a great confidence in the faith that's in Christ Jesus now apart from these few verses the passage in Acts chapter 6 about the first deacons in the church at Jerusalem and one other statement in Philippians chapter 1 verse 1 in which Paul simply mentions deacons doesn't say anything about them just mentions that they were there we really know very little about the office of deacon and deaconess in the early church in other words apart from this brief glimpse into the work of of the deacons in Jerusalem. We really don't know what the deacons in the early church did. Now, we know they needed to be spiritually qualified. They, We know they needed to be men and women who, uh, of God. The qualifications speak to that issue. They need to be godly. Only real thing that Paul doesn't add to the uh, qualification of a deacon or deaconess is that they, they don't have to be apt to teach. Elders do, but deacons and deaconesses don't. But they need to be of the same caliber. But apart from this glimpse of the work of deacons in Jerusalem serving tables, we don't know what the deacons in the early church did. But, however, this lack of biblical information about deacons is really a positive thing. It's not negative. And I believe it's quite intentional by God because what it tells us is that the work of deacons and deaconesses will vary from church to church. In other words, every local church is going to have different responsibilities for their deacons and deaconesses because the elders of the various churches where they serve are going to need their assistance in all different types of works. There's no one work that you lock a deacon into. See, the modern day stereotypical image of a deacon in in our culture, in a church in our culture, is that he's a man who serves on an official board In the church, he's just in a room, he makes decisions about the way the church is to function. But the biblical image of a deacon and a deaconess is that they are official servants of the church. In fact, that's what the word deacon means, a servant. Men and women who are available to do, note this, whatever the elders need them to do in assisting them in ministering to the people. In other words, there is no one specific kind of task that deacons and deaconses do. They do whatever is needed in their church to serve the people.
0: As Pastor Steve was teaching, it hit me that God has given the church everything it needs to function effectively and efficiently. He gave elders to lead and teach and he gave deacons to serve and maintain the ongoing operations of the church. He has called them all to equip the believers in the church to do the work of the ministry. Everyone has a part to play so that the church fulfills its calling. Many church members want their pastor to do the work and are content to sit and watch. Some aspire to be a leader so they can make decisions. But God wants us to be servant leaders and not lords. We're really glad you've been part of our broadcast today. Verse by verse exists to communicate the clear teaching of the word of God without compromise. We want to help you connect with God in a very real and powerful way. Call us for help at 727-239-0306. We'd love to hear from you. We can answer your questions or just pray with you. We've also made some very helpful resources available on our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can sign up for our quarterly newsletter and download messages for free. We don't want to put pressure on anybody about giving, but if God leads you, please consider sending a financial gift to our ministry so we can keep getting the message out. You can give over the phone, by mail, or through the website. We are so glad you joined us today. We'll be talking about the church leaders again on our next broadcast. For Pastor Steve and all the staff, this is Jerry Pruden saying thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on Verse by Verse.